Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Maddie Hazlett and Mike Munzenreiter to talk about their skateboards and a little video roundup. Their skateboards dropped a new edit called A Homo Company, and that got us thinking about their and their place in the skate world. Maddie, where do you think their fits in with the ever-changing tapestry of skateboarding? I think, well, first of all, Full uh, transparency, I am a huge fan. Everyone is going to be so surprised by this, but I love their, I love Unity. I love everything that Jeff does. I think even before there existed and it was just Unity, it was such an incredible base that he's created for so many folks. So it's going to be an overwhelmingly positive review, just a heads up. But in terms of where there is kind of existing now in skateboarding i think is it's really setting this new tone and this new agency and this new direction that is kind of branching outward even so more out of the queer skate community i think that folks are maybe a little bit more in tune to different types of folks and maybe thinking more critically about things and i think a lot of that is coming from the conversations that's coming up with an entire new demographic of people that have existed the whole time, but maybe haven't had the representation in skating. And we see that a lot in things like these queer skate meetups. I feel like every major city and even some smaller places have really thriving, high attended skate events that are focused for women and queer people. And I know at least in DC, we're seeing like, we had a event at Pulaski a few months ago and hundreds of people came out um folks i've never met before folks i've known for years and they all came to skate and feel as though they're have a space and i think that there does a lot for that a vast majority of the folks there were all on their skateboards we were able to give out some their skateboards people were like stoked we had a marby board and everyone's like marby's my favorite skater i love her so much and i think it's just creating this new subculture within skateboarding that's like allowing people to find skating or feel more comfortable in skating and they're just doing so much outside of the awesome ripping that all the folks do and kind of one question I had for you guys is I see there in this vacuum right I see it with my friends I see it with other queer folks and I don't want to assume but I would assume you're both are straight and cis and I would be really fascinated to what you guys think about there and how is it relatable for you do you find anything in there or is it just cool for other folks yeah i think you know it's it it exists as part of you know another new brand (laughs) just because you know there's there's years and years in the game but it's where am i trying to go with this so yeah it's it's part of the stable of new brands and i'm like okay what 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 is this gonna bring what is there gonna bring to the table is it going to be interesting? Is it going to, what's it going to do in skating? And I think, you know, what you were just talking about, Maddie, in terms of what's it going to do in skating, it's going to offer more interesting people a comfortable place in skating, an entry point to skating. And I think that is absolutely important and worthwhile. And it is doing something that I'm interested in. I mean, I'm, I'm completely set in my ways as far as buying Familia shop boards and everything, I haven't really bought anything else for a long, long time, but like you get it under the deluxe umbrella. And I think that's in a weird way or not so weird way, like kind of a stamp of legitimacy isn't exactly the right word because, you know, I I think doing stuff in skateboarding 
and putting the time in and making it matter is a stamp of legitimacy. But it's also pretty cool that Deluxe is backing it. And I also think about like Deluxe's previous, I mean, they had a pretty gnarly reputation for a long, long time. You know, you want to quit a Deluxe company, well, you better better get ready to get punched in the face. And so I think it's, you know, a sign of just skateboarding changing for the better. And there is, um, yeah, now I'm thinking of the Overton window, but it's it's expanded, you know, what just normal old cis straight dudes like me are just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's more skating. Awesome. That makes sense, Templeton? I think so, yeah. I think that it kind of shifted, or expanding the Overton window is like a great way to put it. And, you know, we talk a lot about brand narratives on this show, and we kind of roll our eyes at the various new brands coming out that are just kind of like a, a different flavor of the same thing and i think that there you know the brand narrative it's in the video title it's a homo company and that's something that we didn't really have before and i think that's kind of an important thing so that like they talk about this a lot on vent city but possibility models you know like for a long time young gay skaters didn't really have anybody to look up to and now they now they have people to look up to and they have like a sponsor to strive to ride for not to say that a gay skater might not want to ride for there maybe they want to ride for primitive or whatever but it's filling an empty space that's i think maybe only recently opened up well i think one other thing that just came to mind you know and there's a lot to relate to and just especially thinking of the edit at hand the you know a homo a homo company it's like there's a kind of a goofiness and silliness and sincerity there and i mean being like geez, I was an awkward young skater, you know, I had the worst dye jobs and I wore glasses and we wanted to be goofy. And so there's, there's, there's something to relate to and just that kind of like, well, here we are and here we are. And this is who we are. <laughs> you know, there's, again, it's the sincerity. And I think that's missing in, you know, when we look at, we're going to talk about other edits, but like sincerity isn't necessarily what you get in a Supreme edit. Yeah, totally. I think there's this like indescribable authenticity that comes with like being a queer person because you just have to you have to own it you have to be there you're gonna like I mean we've all seen it like a lot of these folks who ride for there have like just been belittled and frankly just bullied on the internet incessantly and to put yourself out there in this capacity is just like not something that we see um elsewhere because most of other I mean people make fun of each other but it's like you do a funny trick not like I think you're a weird person because of who you are. So it's like a different level of kind of letting yourself go. And I think that really shines through in their skating, even like they, as a group often do tricks that wouldn't be seen or accepted in other uh, videos. Like um, Keen is a really good example. She does like incredibly off the wall, uh, no comply tricks and things like that, that I think help kind of embody their, direction and almost their aesthetic and something that you guys touched on a little bit is the involvement with deluxe and one thing i noticed this video in specific kind of grappled with is how far can it become a deluxe company without being there because there was some times when it really felt like it was that authentic diy punk rock in your face i don't give a fuck we're here and then other times uh, maybe based off of, I noticed that 
uh, Tanner Rowe filmed a lot of this versus someone like Ray who filmed the majority of the last there video. And I like kind of noticed, I was like, okay, the filming style is different. This looks like the same person who films Mason Silva. You know what I mean? And I think that is the line that they're going to have to tread a little bit of, especially as a queer person who is the community and target artist for this video. I don't want to see that in this company. I want this to be for queer people, by queer people. I mean, I don't know Tanner Rowe. If you're, if you're gay, I love you. You're amazing. And I'm not insulting your filming. You're very talented. I just think that there's an aesthetic that they've created. And I think this is the first time I've ever seen the big hand of deluxe reach down and be like, oh, like this is really polished and produced. And I don't know if I like that. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I, I don't know if I felt like it was polished and produced. I, I felt like it was fairly lo-fi. You know, it's like VHS or, you know, some kind of standard def intro and outro stuff. And then I, I felt like, the rest of it was, you know, just like standard HD. Like it didn't stick out to me, I guess, as like, whoa, this is like some like epic filming. It just, it just was like standard. I think that's, that makes sense. I think for, for me, it was just, I think that they had a almost like homey video vibe before. Mm -hmm. And this felt more like a, like a deluxe video, which is cool. And it's also fun to see, like the, the clips that really stood out were those first few lines where they were skating uh, the kind of like diamond cut metal ledges. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this feels like these folks are like in a in a real or an anti-hero video. And that was just a little mm -hmm. off-putting. And then I think once it got into a stride, it found that. I think the, you're right, the B-roll of Cher. And also shout out, I think it was really cool that it was all her music. I always think that's really fun to like utilize the other strengths of the riders. Like a lot of times we'll see riders art showcased on graphics and it was cool to see one of the riders uh, musical projects showcased in, in the video. I think that was an, a nice way to kind of like tie it all together. Yeah. I, I like that. And I will say like, I already kind of mentioned the, the Supreme edit. So I watched first, uh, what's that one called? Is it called piggy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Watch, watch piggy. And then I watched a homo company and so I went from, I think, you know, about as highly polished, stylized, most commodified skateboarding into something that, yeah, still felt pretty raw. And I love the share soundtrack and just the feeling that like, you know, I, I now that now that you're talking about it, Maddie, I can see that there was a little bit there was that kind of like deluxe house touch, so to speak. But at the same time, it did feel like the, the edit was constructed out of, you know, there was some purposeful filming and then there were some sessions and you did get that vibe of like being on a session and kind of just like the progression of skating with a group so i i thought it was cool and i i can see both sides still pretty raw in my opinion yeah i think that the the edit because like you said mike it's it's like kind of a compilation of a few sessions instead of like a you know we went for we saved up footage for a year and this is like everybody's best shit from like that year of filming and we went to all these different places it's just like yeah we just like skated our normal spots a few times and made this video and i think that that felt uh really relatable and like it, you know last week maddie was like yeah palace is a company that's not for me and i think there is not really a company for me so like i kind of went into it uh like it's not really for me but like i appreciate that it's there and then like i was like oh like this makes me want to skate 
just like the vibe is good you know skating with your friends no matter who you are it's like it's still the same and like kind of the best thing about skating it's like just being out there and having fun and that's a universal experience i think yeah totally i got that vibe of the like out on the sesh you're kind of with it with the fact that they would kind of highlight a spot and show a bunch of clips back to back to back at the same spot with different folks and it was like oh yeah like y'all filmed this like all on the same day and that's cool Mm -hmm. like you guys actually like each other and you're on the session with each other instead of just like piecemealing together a bunch of clips that get sent into an editor and I think you can really tell when videos are like that and you can really tell when it's a group of people who who want to be around each other and that type of energy it sounds like is really cool that kind of sparked something in you Templeton that you were like okay I don't relate to these folks on that specific level but any skateboarder can relate to the idea that we're out with our friends having fun and it that makes me very happy and I think that's cool that that would kind of happen for you in a video that maybe you went into not being like okay I'm gonna watch this because I I think it's cool but I don't really know what I'm gonna get out of it yeah and it's just like in the end and at the end of the day it's skating and skating is rad like I love watching skate videos so uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know what I expected there to not be in it, but I'm, I'm glad that it, it got me stoked. Were there any tricks that uh, stood out to you, Mike? Uh, there was that um, Chandler's ollie over the bar to grind down. I just like I don't know. Maybe they got me with the the slam right before the make, but I don't know. I've never been able to ollie high over stuff, and then you're gonna make me grind a bar down. I can't even like figure out how to land on that. And then you know I. This is my same old thing, but I, I could really use some names in videos, even <laughs> if they're just nicknames. But um, Ledge Guy, I think he had glasses on. At EMB, he did a, the ride on 5 and then Body Varial Shove It, which is like such a mind-bender of a trick. Yeah, I had I to rewatch that to a few it. times to figure out exactly what happened there. Yeah, it's like a sleight of hand, sleight of feet type move that's pretty uh, pretty tricky. And Yeah, I think yeah, that was I'll Jeff be- Chung. Okay. Who is the yeah. the brains behind the operation? That's a good one. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? Um, I really like Marby's no slide pop up crook. I thought that was kind of cool because last week we talked about the weekend video with Sarah, and she does a lot of those no slide pop up tricks. And I was like, okay, I see a little trend going on here. Like, I think that's a really kind of popular on trend trick that folks are doing. So I definitely noticed that. I think Marie overall, like the uh, kickflip back fifth the backsmith line that i talked about earlier that was at those metal ledges i thought that was cool i just really like her style and like how she exists on a skateboard maybe not as much as like i mean she does cool tricks but i think the way she carries herself is really nice and i always really enjoy watching her clips and then james did that back 50 pop shove i think james overall is just like super super underrated he's like always putting out really really high quality stuff and he's east coast and i think he's really cool and i feel like not many folks know about him so if you don't know about james get hip because he's really 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 rad and then the power slide down the stairs i think that was shag and like that's just insane like he was going like 900 miles an hour and just being sideways downstairs i was like i would have just ate shit if i tried that and i'm like the the risk to reward factor on that one was pretty steep and it definitely definitely paid off templeton do you have any standouts yeah, that power side down the stairs stood out to me. And it, it you talking about it right now just kind of got me thinking, like, I wonder where I could do that. Like, is there a spot around town where, like, I could try that? Because it seems really fun. 
Maybe Magic 5, I think, would be the right place. I don't know. It's kind of grippy, though. Anyway, I thought the Marby kickflip to fakie on the alligator was pretty rad. I feel like Marby's skating in this was, like, a little bit paired back. I feel like a lot of times Marby is, like, doing a lot of combos and stuff like that. And then this this was, like, a little paired back, which, to me, I, I like better. I also like Chandler's back 50 nolly, like... Would we call that a back 50 revert on the like double set at EMB? Nolly 180 over the top. I just thought that was like a like uncommon way to exit a back 50. And then yeah, like everything that James Petoniak did. He's like my favorite there rider for sure. Who was it? I'm trying to recall. It was at that Oakland spot with kind of the amphitheater. It was like a front 5 180 or a tail slide fakie, but then straight into a, like a ride on switch backside 50180 out off the ledge. I'm not normally all that into the ride-ons, but that was super well done. Do we yeah, recall that who that was? I think that was James Petoniak. Okay. Yeah, it was James. Yep, that washes. That was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's just got a really cool style, and I think he approaches tricks very nicely. It looks like he has like a very traditional East Coast like roots, and then pairs that really well with kind of what I talked about earlier about they're going in like a different direction with some of their skating and doing maybe more non-traditional things. I think he marries those two areas really, really nicely. And for me as someone who also raced on very traditional East coast skating, like res I, that resonates with me a lot. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Like you did tricks that I think are cool in a different way. And people have doing, have been doing these tricks on these same spots for 30 years and you just did it a little bit different and it just kind of elevates it to this whole new space and then templeton when you were talking about that power slide it made me think of the max palmer fountain spot in new york oh yeah and how like shag almost skated a full set like the max palmer fountain spot which is kind of crazy and i wonder if like i'd love to see him at that spot and what he would be able to do with it because it's kind of an analogous thing but just if those stairs were giant at the at the fountain spot. I thought that was kind of a cool way and something I haven't seen, but it is a type of skating we do see all the time with folks on that spot. Yeah, exactly. I think one other good like thing that I appreciate about there and just more women skating, more queer people skating, more just more people skating, is it like, this sounds very basic and maybe even kind of dumb, but it's just interesting looking people doing skateboarding and different body types and different angles. And I think that like, that's just an underrated aspect of like, who are these people and what are they doing on skateboards and how do they look on skateboards? And it's like the inclusion of more people riding skateboards, I think just, yeah, a very basic thought, but it makes it more interesting. And like just the, the body types in this video is super cool. And I mean, frankly, not what we saw for, you know, the first X or at least my first X years of skateboarding. But now you get new clothes and new headgear and new just everything. It's fantastic. Yeah, I feel like that like photos of people in like different gear are really rad. Like video just kind of like smooths off, smooths out the edges. But like on a video, like you can or on a in a photo, like you can really spend time with it. Be like, like really examine each each little piece of the kit and appreciate how not uh, standard it is. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up. We were recently having a conversation, my friends and I, at the plaza one evening, and there was a group of, I don't know, maybe they're high schoolers probably, 
and all bunch of like high school boys and the way that they were dressing was like so similar to like 2019 2020 like their skateboards and i was just like we were like saying and one of my friends who's not even that into there was just like this just looks like that i like idea of how you dress is like leaving queerdom and going even to just like kids who are watching these videos and being like damn i think that those pants that people wore from hot topic 15 years ago were pretty cool and let's bring that back and that's like what i was seeing years ago with other folks and i think it's neat and fun that this uh style of dress that's been so normal for queer folks but hasn't really been spread through the masses and skating is now being seen and appreciated and then even and sometimes mimicked by kids and i thought that was just a really cool um piece that's coming from not just allowing queer people to find representation but all folks are being able to pull inspiration from it and it's becoming more of a inclusive thing for all folks leaving just this specific group which is which has been kind of nice and it made me think of that when you said that well, it's like actually, you know, bringing into reality the idea that anything goes, but it's like, oh, actually, nearly anything does go now. You know, it, I think it's, um, yeah, brands like there are better <laughs> making skateboarding live up to its lofty ideals, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> I don't have anything more to add to that. Maddie, do you have anything else to add to the there talk? What do, what do we make of the name there? It, it's a little tough to talk about, but I think that the meaning behind it is is pretty uh, well thought, thought out. What do you think, um, Maddie? In terms of the name? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it works. Uh, are you referring to like how it's kind of adjacent to pronouns? I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just kind of thinking about how they're like... You know, the word there, there's three different ways to spell it and there's different meanings to those different spellings. Even though there, the brand has one spelling, but when you speak about it, um, you know, it kind of opens it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of a nice name. I don't even know if the if there, the company, had the idea, what I was saying before, of the pronouns. I think that's like more of a thing that folks have added. But I do like what you're saying, how there's like multiple variants of the word and within that meaning multiple variants of people and how you can kind of use it in different capacities is that what you're is that what you're referring to templeton yeah you can kind of put your own meaning onto it yeah it's kind of nice and i think it like also just looks cool like from an aesthetic point of view like it's a cool looking word and a lot of times it's always capitalized which i think is cool it's kind of like um, they did a graphic recently that was big blocky letters and it just like almost just looked like a baker board. Mm-hmm. Um, but it said there on it. And I was like, that's pretty rad. It kind of like is almost like a, a a homage and also a like um, we're here to do our thing. And it was like, oh, like they have that same strong language and strong font that a huge company like Baker, which has been a graphic for what, 30 years. And I just thought that was kind of a nice way to use that. Um, visually, the what the word there looks like. It kind of just sparked that same idea. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's rad. Do we um, know the backstory on the name? I do not. I do not I don't, No, I don't know if it's ever been publicly shared. I have never heard it either. I've heard, like I said, I've heard speculation that it's adjacent to the pronoun there, okay. but I don't, that just feels maybe not 100% accurate. It feels like a weird, maybe too on the nose. I know, the only thing I have heard is I know they originally we're making boards 
under the Unity name, but Jeff was hesitant to commercialize Unity because it was supposed to be a group of friends who embodied these ideals. So they came up with there as the like board brand that aligned with those same ideals, but didn't take away from the the friendship and things like that, that they really focused on with Unity. But besides that, I haven't heard anything else about where the actual name came from. It is a cool looking word. Yeah, it's super, super cool. And then one other thing I kind of wanted to just mention, because I feel like it's, we talk about this with all the other companies and we're like, I feel like sometimes myself included is scared to talk about this with Bear because it's like such a new and kind of thing that I just want to uplift. But it sells out at shops, at least the shops in my area. Like, I think I talk about this with other companies about how well they're doing and their brand identity. And I kind of want to like touch on that with there because at the end of the day, it still is a brand and it still wants to like do the same things that other brands do, even though it wants to do more than that. And at Crush, the shop in DC, like if they get a thing of stuff from there, they post it on Instagram, it's sold out by the end of the day. Like every single time um, I was talking to Brian, the owner there, and he was just like, we cannot keep it in stock. And I think that also just speaks to the testament of how much people want to see things like this. Like they get boards and immediately sell out, they get clothes and immediately sells out. And I hope that companies are paying attention to things like that. And I hope that shops are asking for the right numbers of things, because I think there is people who do want this stuff. And there are people who do want to support the companies that are doing this. And I think that really shows when I see an Instagram post at noon for a bunch of their boards and I'm at the shop at four and they're all gone. I just think that's really cool. Yeah, that's wild. That makes me curious because we're all, you know, relatively grown ass adults. Like what is the Johnny, Jimmy, Katie, whomever, you know, skate kid, 17, 21, 24, you know, I, I wonder what, what their perceptions are and, you know, where they think their fits in to the, to the, rest of skateboarding if, if it fits in fits out isn't all that different than anything else i'm curious just you know that that younger point of view yeah i i have a, a bit of a theory on on why they sell out i think that for the queer skate community there's kind of two brands that you're looking for you know you're looking for there and you're looking for glue but for like cis white dudes you go into the shop and it's like you know basically any board is kind of aimed, like their marketing is aimed at you. So mm-hmm. like for the queer folks, it's just like, you know, I've been waiting to get a their board because there's only like so many, you know, the board, but there's like a hundred boards on the wall and there's three or four for me. I'm like, that's kind of my theory. It's just like a limited market or limited supply for a certain demographic. Oh yeah, totally. I'm sure that's a hundred percent what it is. And I think that it'd be nice to see more of it. And I think then we would see less of phenomena of like immediately selling out. And like you mentioned glue, but I mean, I've been to a lot of skate shops and you don't even see glue on the wall. It's pretty rare. And like, um, not a queer company, but a women focused company. Meow. Also, you don't see those on the wall. And I think that something that there has that's really special is this connection with deluxe and, I wonder how much Deluxe is pushing there into shops because we're not seeing the representation, at least in the areas that I'm going to, from the other companies that are focused on smaller niche uh, markets. But there is 
in a lot of shops and sells out very quick. So I'm almost like it's deluxe being like, you got to get some. And then maybe in a good way, that's showing the shops that there's a scene for it. And maybe that'll push them into being like, oh, well, I heard about glue. We can't keep their boards in stock. Maybe we'll get a small number of glue boards and have that too. And I think that could then snowball and have more people seen and more companies represented and more folks get the stuff that they want to get. Yeah, I got to imagine that if you've got a deluxe account at your shop, it's super easy to get their boards. You know, like, you know, give me 10 anti-hero boards, a couple of real boards, a couple of their boards. It's really easy, you know, a bunch of thunders. But for glue, it's like you got to really put in the effort to to go and make an order for glue product instead of just like it's harder to dip your toe into it. And you're not yeah, like, regularly ordering, you know, like with deluxe, I'm sure people are just like, yeah, you know, like send me my monthly order of, you know, thunders and anti-euro boards spitfire classics yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta have a lot of those well I, I i do wonder you know maddie you brought up kind of the <laughs> the 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 brand and it's selling aspect of it you know I, I can't remember the last time that deluxe brought on or yeah i mean brought on a, a new brand into the stable so i i you know speaking of just kind of like the the cold calculus of business i wonder what the thinking was there because, you know, if it's moving, it's it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is, like, based in no facts except for just industry rumor mills. But I, I, I did hear when Deluxe brought them in, there was some folks there who were, who were very vocally against it. But I think since then, a lot of folks have warmed up to it. And they have seen that there is a, like I said, there's a market. And, yeah, at the end of the day, these companies want to make money. I mean, that's a, that's a normal thing outside of skateboarding people love to make queer things during pride month because it makes a ton of money like queer capitalism is a huge huge thing right now and i don't think that's um unique to skating but it is something that kind of works in both ways it's kind of a bummer because it's an easy way for people to make money off folks but it also brings representation and also opportunity you know like someone like marby 10 years ago, like could not have a career in skating. But from my understanding, she's skating full time. And I think that has a lot to do with deluxe and probably a lot to do with Jim kind of going out on a, on a limb. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, like deluxe's brand identity was like Hesh intense, maybe like a little dated for lack of um, a nicer way to phrase that brands that would be the last place if you told me 10 years ago that deluxe was going to be the company that brings a, out a major queer skate brand i've been like that makes no sense you mean the people who make anti-hero like that's insane and i think that it speaks a lot to the folks that made that decision and that they were willing to like do something kind of crazy and i think it kind of aligns with the brand there itself like when i think of there it's like kind of like a punk rock fuck you brand and I think that Deluxe doing that was kind of a fuck you to the skate industry. And I think it's luckily for them and everyone involved, I think it's going to pay off for them. And I think it's going to really push forward a new wave of skating. And I was talking to some friends recently and we were kind of aligning there in a weird way to like the early street skaters who really changed the direction of skateboarding. And I think in 30 years, we're going to talk about people like Barbie and Chandler and Leo Baker as like folks who completely changed the direction that skateboarding's going in. And they're going to be like the front runners for this new era of inclusivity and skating and 
kind of even just like how we're looking at it. I mean, you can see the last five years of skating is rapidly changing and I don't think anyone can deny what there is doing in that role. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think that what, what there is doing and what there represents is important. And I think that we're all better for it. I usually think of August as a slow month, but we've had a deluge of content lately, including some really solid shit this week. Mike, what edits stood out to you? There's a lot of them. There was a lot of them. Um, the aforementioned there edit, of course. I will say the sour edit probably comes out on top. Geez, I was relieved when I saw that it was just six minutes long, but those guys always come correct. I really like how uh, Gustav makes videos. And the tricks he does are pretty good, too. I realized that if I were to try... First, got to even explain the trick. It's off that steep Wally bank, and then it's a ledge, and he goes backside nollie over to fakey five o, and then revert out. Like, you know, it's you save your family. You have to try that trick. I might not survive trying that trick. I realized, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Also, definitely a big. I don't know. All the all the skaters in that video were really good, but Tyler Surrey is seemingly just like becoming his own category of skater, and that. Nolly nose wheelie, nolly heel, hippie jump out. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not the hugest fan. I, again, the exception to the rule. I would feel like I had one of those earlier. But the uh, flip under, jump over thing usually usually doesn't just doesn't look right. But that that one Tyler Surrey did was really good. Um, I felt like that 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 one was like different because usually when when it's like a way that I don't like, it's like the pop it's going up and through but this was like down and through and somehow that feels better it was a small space that the board was going through yeah and <laughs> is it's more on the landing I, I don't know i mean that's the beautiful thing about skateboarding some of the stuff just doesn't really make sense but it just is i mean and I'm, I'm by no means making fun of this it's just I, I love it that it's something we key in on it's like it's a cool looking word the trick worked mm -hmm. that's that you know you know it when you see it Right. What what stood out? In the sour video? Oh yeah, Tyler's story's awesome. I mean, for me it was the nose blunt nollie flip on that right. bank to curb. Like that was just I don't think you could do it better. I think he he was like almost like trying not to smile when he landed it. I think he was like, Oh yeah, like I did that perfect. <laughs> and I don't know how to say his last name, Vincent Huta, is that how you say it? Did like sure. a board slide pop up Manny. I thought that was really rad. But I think overall the tricks were awesome but for me what really did it was who stops filming like it's just like this is why someone should film with a vx and i think that i'm going to say something maybe that isn't the nicest but a lot of people film with a vx and they just shouldn't because they're just doing it for this like film aesthetic whereas when he does it it's like oh like this is really really cool and you're using it well he captures the footage really well it's really high quality. The audio level is like, oh my gosh, it's like perfect. You can like feel the skating. It's very like skate forward as in like the skating is above the music mm -hmm. and it's like you're there and it's just, I don't know. It was just, especially like watching some of the other videos around the same time as this, I just really felt like this was the best filmed and really cared for. And you could tell like, really trying to preserve what the VX does. And I think that this is like the gold standard of how you should handle that camera and gives cadence and reason to why we should still have it in skateboarding. Like this is like these types of videos is why we should still treasure the VX. And I think that's really cool. 
It had a great soundtrack. Good music. There's uh, a quick sidebar, Templeton, but I've been, just been noticing, yeah, there's definitely people that don't know how to use the VX, but there's a, plenty of folks that don't know how to use their DV camera either. I've been noticing so much, like, fried out, peaked out audio in, you know, final edits that are posted on the internet. It's an interesting time where I, it probably is more complicated to, yeah, get everything, export it properly, make sure it's going to work on the given video player. So I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to it, but absolutely. When someone's an expert with their tool, like it shows. So 100% agreement there, Maddie. Yeah, and I wonder if he's working with a PAL uh, VX instead of a NTSE. There's like, for those who don't know, video has different formats and like the European format is PAL, P-A-L. And uh, the North American format is NTSC. And it's like uh, NTSC is basically 30 frames per second and PAL is something different. So there might be a little bit of difference there. Like that he, he might be using a PAL VX. It's getting a better look through that. But yeah, he definitely knows the settings. and He, he knows what to do with a VX. And, you know, I'm a, a little bit of a VX hater. And when I watched this video, I basically just didn't notice the VX. Which, in to my mind, is a win. You know, because like, usually I'm just like fucking... VX looking shitty, uh, <laughs> but no under the breath muttering this video. Now I love it that this is the podcast lineup now where we're going to talk about sound mixing and <laughs> <laughs> and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, when when we're breaking down PAL versus NTSC, you know, we're onto some shit. <laughs> for sure, that's what the people come here for. Absolutely. The one that that I kind of wanted to bring attention to was politics introducing two which friend of the show Corey Rosen made. And it's just like that East Coast crust. Danny Renaud's in it, uh, Jaffe Dow's in it. And um, yeah, it was just like good, relatable crust. And I like it. And Jaffe Dow, when he skates Switch, it looks Switch in, in like the best way possible. You know what I mean? Classical Switch skating. Yeah, and just looks a little awkward. Like the Switch backside 5.0 across the, the step. It just looked a little awkward, but really cool you know what i mean yep where yeah. whereabouts were these guys skating i mean florida i can always tell florida but i feel like there's a whole like atlantic seaboard thing where i, I can't identify where anything is yeah i feel like jaffe dow is maybe like northern new york state or something buffalo hmm. or something like that I, I feel like it's all kind of like uh lesser cities you know like there wasn't a whole lot of like name brand spots in the video do you skate much crust maddie oh yeah for sure i mean i wouldn't say the plaza is cutty at all but we definitely like cutty spots go up to baltimore if anyone's ever skated baltimore maryland you know that it's super super crusty and pittsburgh and those are all within day drives of dc so um and dc's got its fair share of crusty spots and i always have like a yeah like it's very relatable an appreciation for folks who will take a spot or go to a take a trick and go to a spot that's maybe a little bit more challenging than just the easy hyper whack west coast spots that we see in a lot of videos and again i've talked about this on the podcast many times but i love skateboarding sounds and there's something very unique that you get from cutty spots that you don't get elsewhere and i think one of the people in this video that really did that for me was the last guy who skated, Herbert Brown. I'd never heard of him, but when he started skating, I was just like so into it. And another really good switch skater, he had like two really crazy switch ollies, felt very 
East Coast crust, which it is a good that good mix of tech and hucking. And then that last line he had with where he ended with the switchback 180 over the fire hydrant was just like, it, I mean, I don't even know where that is. Like I most most things I can kind of figure out the general region. But I was like, this looks like it could just be in any town, anyville, anywhere, USA. And I think that's really cool. Like it reminded me a lot of seeing like old random shop videos and people just skating what they have around them and not having access to every single amazing spot. That was kind of the vibe I got, which I think is cool that they, they like to, I think both find new things and also maybe there's like some restriction on where they can go. Cause they're not like a major company that can just fly to China and make an edit. No shade there. And what they do with what they have, I think is kind of the beauty behind what was in this video. Yeah, building off that, like watching it made me think of how it's cool that these guys are, they're bought in to the type of skating that they want to do. You know, spots off the beaten path, rough ground, gritty ledges. You know, it's kind of like a, it's related to like Boston tech skating in my mind because there's, don't ask me to describe Boston tech, but it's it's a very distinct thing if you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's like, you know, the switch stuff looks switch and we're doing ledge lines and yeah, some some awkward ledge tricks that are just difficult for the sake of difficulty. These guys are bought into that aesthetic and the budget isn't getting them out of town. They're doing it for the love and there's something really uh really cool about that like let's make the video i don't you know i i don't know beyond danny renaud and maybe one or two other guys whose whose clips i encountered i don't know where you know i didn't know anybody in this video but it was cool i like the dedication yeah gotta love the dedication dedicated to the vibe (laughs) indeed uh well taylor kirby had a part this week and when i was watching it i was remembering what you said about taylor kirby mike that he is in person an incredible skater Yes. And I don't know if that video part did it justice in certain ways. Like there's a lot of incredible tricks that board slide up the pyramid at Giza and back down. Like that was crazy. And there's a lot of really good stuff in there. But yeah, seeing him in person where he just didn't miss tricks for long stretches at time. It's it's interesting when when a skater is that good and then you can't quite capture that quality on on video. Again, to be clear, very good video part. It's super rad. But yeah, maybe maybe just making everything in person doesn't translate to video. Yeah, there is something something to be said for somebody who's impressive in real life. And then there, there's other skaters that I've seen in real life where I'm like, oh, dude, you're a pro skater? Wow. Taylor Kirby, obviously not not one of those. Did you watch that one, Maddie? Yeah, I, I liked it for... For what it was i love the pedro cameo i love pedro delfino i think he's super rad and i think that taylor kind of kind of skates very similar so that was a a good match and i guess they both is taylor kirby on death wish they they both ride for death wish right am i making so. that up yeah okay. yeah so that makes sense i mean i had the board side ender that's obviously like crazy but the tray flip thread the needle hill bomb i thought oh, was yeah. really cool like i like tricks that are buck for that reason like i think that for me like when people just jump off stairs it's just like glorified loading dock skating in some capacities (laughs) and when someone does like that type of like really thin kind of like almost like a hill bomb trick into or 
they just take that like really dangerous gnarly style and kind of like look at it and maybe think about it differently i always really really appreciate that because i i don't want to see taylor kirby trey flip a 12 stair but i do want to see him do it down this tiny little skinny path because it's so much more interesting and i think the filming for that clip was also really cool they really showed i think that's a hard thing to show how gnarly it is and i think that showed how gnarly it is and if it was that gnarly in video i can't imagine what it was like in real life and yeah i think he's like a very fun skater to watch it was a good part my only my only note was the music was pretty bad it was just very generic and i wonder if maybe they had a copyright issue because i believe this was a spitfire part so i guess they maybe were dealing with that but it was just like very generic and i think maybe i watched it right after the sour video so maybe i was also a little <laughs> um, bummed because that had such a good soundtrack and, and stuff but Besides that, he's a phenomenal skateboarder, and I had a good time watching it. So, would love to see more. And apparently, he's better than this. I've never seen him in person, so I can't imagine um, how good he is. I have heard this is again just rumor mill that some of these Spitfire parts are their throwaway footage. So maybe he's got something else coming, and that could be pretty cool. And maybe uh, Mike will be more stoked. <laughs> on um what he's gonna do down the road <laughs> I, I i will yeah just to continue to walk back my assessment i mean one one of the crazy things seeing him at the familia skate park yeah i think he was trying to fakey flip fakey manual the ledge there and the ledge is you know legitimate knee high and he fakey flipped up it three times in a row and that's just i don't know that's 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 a crazy consistent high skill trick and i really in that part i really like the frontside nollie heel fakie manual and then he popped a you know fully popped a frontside half cab out of it at that weird like i don't know any la supermarkets it looks like it's a supermarket manual pad that ava skated but no good part and like you said maybe it's the throwaway footage and uh taylor kirby's gonna blow our minds next time can't wait to see that was anybody's mind blown by the Jake and Curran video for fucking awesome? Definitely not. <laughs> uh, my takeaway was look like a Volcom commercial. I don't know what FA is doing. It's just, it was weird. I don't think that some of those people make sense on FA. And I think that I'm having a hard time getting into them as a, as a brand now. I think that like seeing someone in checkered patterns, van slip-ons, not saying any names, um, riding an FA board is just like, okay, like this dude should ride for Santa Cruz. Like, it's just weird. And I, and I wonder what's happening behind the scenes at FA and what's making these decisions. I mean, I'm assuming Curran is coming because of Louie. I believe they're friends, but I think what was once a cool East coast brand is now just shifting and evolving and maybe, um, moving in a direction that I'm not as stoked on. And if that's what they do and it's working for them, that's awesome. But this was not for me in any capacity. It felt very sterile. It felt very commercial. It felt not like the old FA edits that we're, that we're used to. Interesting take. I'm like surprised by the Volcom comment. But then like when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, it's got kind of like some Freedom Wig vibes, like very like collage and like crumpled paper vibes. But I thought Jake's Ender... The frontside Oski was pretty fucking sick. Like, that's not throwaway. And Sage had a good line in there. And Kevin Bradley made an appearance. You know, like, I, I'm not uh, turning my, no my nose up at this edit at all. What about you, Mike? I mean, I can see the hard Cali turn 
that I think Maddie was describing. Um, the Sage heel flip was worth the price of admission alone. It was a free video, so that's that's great value there. I um, certainly would have made a GIF of it if I was still in my my GIF in days for sure. Yeah, I mean that single Sage line was incredible. I think a friend of the podcast Scott Morton on Twitter pointed out that he did like a single push that didn't look that full of effort and then went up a longish ramp and front tailed after doing that gigantic heel flip. And um, that got me thinking about the elite skill of being able to just keep speed with minimal effort. So yeah, that, that line really stood out to me. It seemed like the, the Cali turn is hard not to notice. I mean, you, uh, you take Tyshawn and Nakel and replace them with Anderson, the younger and Curran. And it's like, that's, that's a pretty hard left turn. I mean, West Dill's a Cali turn. boy, you know, like he spent a lot oh, he's of time o- in New he's York. He's OC, baby. OC. I thought he was Huntington Beach. Is that on the border? I don't, I don't know my geography. I don't know. Some, some seaside California town. So it, it's always been in him. My buddy texted me and he was really angry about the amount of cheering for Sean Pablo backside flipping a five star. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this, this actually is a useful comment. It segues. I'm like... What are you talking about? Sean Pablo wasn't in that South Korea edit. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I completely just, you know, mixed up, stuck together the uh, Supreme and the FA edits. Yeah, I think that that speaks to the the deluge of content is like this. All this stuff is running together. But yeah, got to talk about the Supreme edit. We've talked about probably everyone that's come out since we started this podcast. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Supreme went to South Korea for a store opening and <clears throat> brought the crew and made a video. I thought it was pretty sick. I feel like a lot of people have been saying otherwise. Mike, I get the feeling that's that's your feeling. <laughs> Shoot, man. The color grading in the very opening clip was insane. That was literally what I thought when I turned the video on. I I was I was happy that there was more fisheye in it. There like the the visual the look of the video is is getting mixed up and there's good skating in there but it's like we've we've seen this we've seen this format before you know they're opening a store let's bring the crew out there let's get some locals to skate i had the odd effect of not knowing where the video was taking place and maybe that's a a function of again you know the the color grading is so um definitive is maybe not exactly the word I'm looking for, but you know, it's, it's 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 very intentional, and it makes every clip look the same. And then before I know it, I didn't know where these guys were, or what they were doing. But um, yeah, I guess I guess I'm. I, I, it felt a little dry. You know, you get you get the close up of a couple dudes smoking a blunt or whatever, smoke, smoking a spliff, eating some chicken. Yeah, it's like we we've, we've seen these tricks before, even if the, the the actual tricks are new. Maddie, how are you feeling about Piggy? Um, yeah, I think there was some good tricks in there. Like there was that like drop in quick Ollie manual. I thought that was really cool that there was some nice moments in it, but it's like kind of similar to what I was saying with FA. It's like, I'm just having a hard time seeing past the Supreme of it. Um, I mean that big giant red logo in the bottom corner was like the corniest thing I've ever seen. It felt like VF Corp was like, telling them they had to put the box logo on the video or else they wouldn't pay for it. And and I think it was good in some capacities that we saw some of the locals. I really liked some of the people who I've never seen before. I thought that was really cool. Like there's some pretty cool tech ledge skating in there. 
but overall, yeah, over little overplayed, little overdone. Didn't really feel the need to rewatch it. I watched it again just to to watch it to understand it better, but not one that I would really revisit or have too too much to write home about. I did find it interesting that Bill snuck in like three slow mos on violet boards doing a little self promotion <laughs> in the video. I was right. like, oh, we noticed that. <laughs> Yeah, it was very I mean, violent heavy in the beginning. Yeah. It it's high level promotion all around, high level advertising and yeah, it, it I don't know. I feel like I was withering in terms of being just like it's so exacting the way it's put together. I mean, it's it's incredible talent to put something like that together. I've just I've just seen it before and it was in Milan. I guess I I'm like a little less um disappointed than you guys. Like I I enjoyed it. I thought that it was nice to see that much cater footage. I think that the last Violet production was, it was a little disappointing in that there wasn't a lot of cater footage and it was kind of caters welcome to Violet. So I think that this kind of proved that cater still got it. Nice to see Versace Plug's brother in there. That's kind of a wild, uh, random addition to the crew. Uh, I think he works at the Supreme in Berlin, if uh, the slap boards are to be believed. But yeah, I, I thought it was like a standard Supreme video, which really is a is a pretty high quality fucking video, in, in my opinion. I think it, we touched on it already, but the fact that a lot of us seem to have watched a lot of these videos back to back, or you know, front to back, or as a group, which is nice, you can do it when everything's like nine to twelve minutes, but it does make for just immediate comparisons. And maybe that's not fair to everyone involved. Yeah, totally. I think that's a good point. I mean, I think it happened with a lot of the videos. Like, we all really loved the Sour video because it was kind of different than what we saw in the other videos. And I think for me, the Supreme and FA videos maybe fell flatter because they're just things that I've seen over and over again. And I think also I was very much in the mindset of the Bear video because we were talking so much about that. And for me, like, it just felt completely opposite feel from the there video where we were talking about how, like, it's, like, DIY. It has this, like, really unique aesthetic. And then the Supreme video, to me, felt like a, like, just like a commercial for this Hypebeast brand. Like, it almost was like a video for people who don't skate. And I think in that was good skateboarding. And then the rest of it was just this kind of weird mashup of things that, maybe were innovative 10 years ago and it'd be cool i think to see supreme and bill who's doing this filming like do some other stuff like make something that's not just the same thing you did i think what he did years ago changed the direction of skate filming and he's obviously a very talented filmer so keep your aesthetic and keep what you're doing but i also like to see people innovating and i just don't think we are seeing that i think it feels feels almost phoned in i guess is the is is the way to phrase it for me is it just feels like they were like oh we have to do this okay we checked the box let's move forward and that's not against the skating i think the skating was all phenomenal but i think the direction and everything else in the video feels like it was a little bit phoned in a little bit like we've already done the thing, so let's just keep doing it because it works. Which maybe I mean, isn't a bad thing because maybe ki- that's what kids want to see. But for me, it's I want to see new things because we see so much. When you bring up 10 years ago, I mean, both F.A. and uh, Supreme videos made by Strobeck were basically leading edge, pretty much defined the way that a lot of skateboarding was going to look from 
2013, 2014 on. But now that we've we've been seeing it for a decade, you're kind of like, all right, well, wh- what else can you do? I, I put this on Twitter discussing, I think, both of these videos. But, you know, earlier this year, ripping 17-year-old, chatting him up at the at the park. And uh, I don't know, we were, we were talking about what board he was writing. He's like, oh, I, I've got an FA right now. Kind of a little kid brand, but I, I like the shape. And, you know, hmm. that's a... That's a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, that's who, telling. Who, who's got great Ollie impossibles and can pressure flip into next Tuesday? But you know, he he was kind of like, "Oh shit, the old head is asking me about my board, so I got to hedge it." <laughs> so interesting. Well, um, I wonder what kind of board he would have been stoked to be riding. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Maddie, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on the fact that I'm actually on vacation right now. I am coming to you live from my girlfriend's dad's office. So that's really fun. We're at the lake house with her family. So I'm really stoked that I got to see her parents and some other folks in her family. And we just had a nice relaxing uh, week um, at the lake. But that being said, I'm really excited to go back to DC tomorrow, get back on my board a little bit more regularly and kind of just get acclimated to the real world again. And I'm stoked on the WNBA season slowly coming to an end. Uh, Mystics play the Aces on Saturday. For those who don't follow, the Aces are far ahead, the best team, and it's going to be a tough game. But we're right on the edge of playoff contention. So hopefully sneak out a win and um, have some fun in the uh, postseason. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Matt, if you're already podcasting on vacation, like you're so in deep. (laughs) <laughs> good luck good luck uh i'm stoked that today is my daughter's seventh birthday she rules and has brought so much joy to my life so uh happy birthday izzy she'll be seven by the time this posts up oh, yeah she's already seven she was born at 9 30 p.m cst um also stoked that today is the start of the minnesota state fair i'm hoping to go this year i love uh prano pups which technically are not corn dogs, but if you looked at it, you'd think it was a corn dog. It's got a different base. Uh, it's great for the Prano pups and people watching. And there is also the art building. There's all sorts of like, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, community projects. There is a seed art exhibit where anybody from Minnesota can make take seeds and make a piece of art out of it. Um, it's just wonderful civic engagement, and I love it. And I'm also stoked on Anthony Edwards and uh, the incoming start of the uh, FIBA World Cup for basketball. My guy, uh, again, Ant Edwards from the Timberwolves. He's been killing it over there. So pretty stoked on that. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, I am stoked to have Maddie join the show. This is my first show with Maddie uh, as a full member of the of the show. So stoked, stoked to have you join, Maddie. And also stoked that this week was 18 years, or the 18-year anniversary of Mostly Skateboarding. Started as a blog at my boring-ass office job, and uh, now we're here. And then I looked in my archive, and there was only one month, August 2019, where I didn't post anything. So that's like kind of a wild thing to think about. Like, been doing this for a long time, and uh, yeah, it's it's like brought a lot into my life. So thanks to everybody for listening or reblogging gifts or making cool videos on a skate website 20 years ago like it's it's all like appreciated and um i think somebody else celebrated a birthday this week too that's mike's mike's blog platinum seagulls 20 years so congrats mike 
Hey, thank you. I've I've always wondered what was the boring, not what was the job specifically, but what were your responsibilities at that boring ass office job that allowed you to uh, watch so many videos from all over the world? Uh, I worked at a company called Total Vid, which was <clears throat> it was like an early video streaming service that uh, was looking for long tail like niche market content. So like my job was to kind of like watch skate videos or mountain bike videos or like, you know, karate instructional videos and try to convince the people who made those to let us put those videos on our website. And like, I think that there was like a, a fatal flaw in the business plan that the only way the long tail works is if you have the really popular material and then people will like find that long tail material later. But anyway, I was terrible at that job, but <laughs> I, I had internet access and um i was really bored so most of skateboarding was kind of like the only thing that that got me through otherwise i probably would have like flipped out and set the place on fire or something <laughs> probably a killer internet connection it was it was for okay. the time yeah for, for the time it was pretty good Ooh. okay <laughs> all right um that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostly skateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about and other show notes probably not as many show notes this week because i'm busy um, but until next week, you can keep up with us all week online. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at M Munzenrider. Maddie, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at uh, Front Grinds on Twitter and Instagram. Templeton, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skate. We'll see you guys in two weeks.